Hello, I'm attorney Stephen R. Golden of Stephen R. Golden and Associates. Our firm is a full-service law firm dedicated to the middle class and businesses. We excel in areas of business and real estate, law, and litigation. Our firm can also reduce your debt through negotiation or bankruptcy. Our attorneys have experience in wills, trusts, and probate, helping you to maintain your family's wealth and pass it on to your loved ones without taxes. For a free consultation, give us a call at 626-228-2710. That's 626-228-2710. Time to dive into another hour of Living by the Word, and it is sponsored by the Friends of Living by the Word Ministries on 99.5 KKLA. Living by the Word does not necessarily reflect the views of KKLA staff, management, or sponsors. Let's get into it. Yes, 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 indeed. Isn't that music beautiful? That's some good music we have there. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Easy D. Listen to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers. Professor Craig Hawkins, PCH, Brian Allen, and myself, we desire and request that you would call in on this live presentation. Right, Brian? A live presentation? <laughs> what you see, see, Brian, didn't you just mention, you know, we don't believe in karma, but what is that thing that no, goes around? I was around? doing my imitation of Easy D. Um, and you did well. You did very well. Matter of fact, you have the title. Ladies and gentlemen, you can call us right now at one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. But your open honest question, folks, we want to uh, be able to give you the biblical response if there is one. We believe that the Bible have uh, many answers for life and godliness, but also for answers in in doing life and the various things that you may be going through. So call us at one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight. 2557, or you can even go to our website, and from there you can navigate, send us a question by way of Facebook. You can you can actually make comments also. We'll read those comments, not necessarily on the air, but we deal with questions and answers on this presentation. But you can send us your comments. Let us know what you think about the broadcast. We, we are very thick-skinned, so, you know, uh, be, be, be yourself and say what you have to say. But if you want to send us a question tonight by going on our website and send us an email question or a Facebook question, feel free to do so. Uh, at BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com. And if you hear anything like sound effects in the background, that is us just keeping it real on live radio, like Brian just did earlier. So, folks, you can start calling us right now at one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven, And we want you to, to know that we are going to receive these email questions. And, Brian, before you get to that email question uh, and get situated with that, I'm going to invite the professor as he uh, positions himself. And he was talking about this uh, uh, thing about grace. He was talking about the situation about uh, knowing Jesus. And before, and we, we don't want to ever be remiss not to give the gospel f- uh, for those that may be listening that do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, because there's nothing else more important that we can do. Craig, would you agree with me on that? Absolutely, Daryl. And, you know, Chris had brought up an excellent call earlier, and I made the point about all things equal, following biblical principles, and the technical theological term for this would be natural laws. These are universal principles, moral maxims that 
all things equal apply. Uh, There are exceptions, but I mean, in general, when you do wise things, ethically, uh, financially, emotionally, uh, you reap good good dividends. This is similar to what one reaps, they sow. Well, excuse me, what one sows, they reap. That's not an absolute law, as people, some people think. That is a general principle, guideline. So the book of Proverbs is filled with these type of pithy sayings. And these apply to Christians and non-Christians. But what also applies to non-Christians and Christians is that outside of Lord Jesus Christ, there is no life. There is no ultimate fulfillment. There is no ultimate contentment. And you see it, you know, look at Southern California, people in their cars and their homes, trying to, uh, uh, their dyes in their hair, trying to draw attention to themselves, trying to find meaning, trying to find purpose, trying to find significance, trying to find identity. And I'm not mocking those people. I'm not making fun of them. I, I relate. I identify with that. I'm one of them. We look for meaning. We look for purpose. We look for the good life. Nobody in their right mind wants a bad life for themselves or for their loved ones. If you do, you would need serious couch time, serious counseling, psychological counseling. But spiritually, we're all alienated from God. We all need a divine intercessor, a goel, the Hebrew term for an intercessor. We need someone who's going to plead our cause. And that is none other than God himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. He supplies meaning, purpose, significance. He brings us back into relationship and then fellowship. Look, no relationship with God, no fellowship. And I hate to burst your bubble. If you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you don't have any relationship with God. Your only relationship with him is that he will be your judge and send you to a crisis eternity. I'm not trying to be hyped. I'm not trying to be hard-nosed on this. Excuse me, got a frog in my throat here. I'm just telling it like it is. It's like going to the doctor and they say, look, man, you need, you need a heart transplant. You need, you need a, you know, drastic surgery right now. Uh, you are in mortal danger of dying at any second. And so it is ultimately, my friend, you are one heartbeat away from eternity, separated from God, meeting God. Oh, you're going to meet him all right, whether you believe him or not. And you're going to meet him, though, as judge. Much smarter right now to trust him as your Lord and Savior. Look, you're looking for meaning again, purpose, significance for uh, worth, the uh, value. You, you don't find that from your colleagues. One day you're at the top of the pile and the next day you're not. Look at sports celebrities. You know, one day they're the hero and the next day they're the goat over and over and over again. And or if you're the hero and go and retire from the NFL or NBA or uh, Major League Baseball, sooner or later people forget you. I always chuckle when I talk to younger people and they're like, who? And, you, you know, some person, gal, or guy who was at the top of their game, literally, golf and basketball, football, whatever, soccer, now they're unknown. That's the plight of all people outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you want life, and that more abundantly, you want to know what it's all about, it's found in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That, my friend, is what it's all about. You know, you could never meet us, and it wouldn't, wouldn't be any loss, you never met me. But if you don't meet Jesus Christ in this life, it's not just a loss here and now but for all eternity. Trust in Christ. Believe on him as your Lord and Savior and know that he alone, but he freely, great expense to himself, but no charge to you, gives you life and that more abundantly. You cannot save yourself. You cannot pay the price. There's a saying, all those who have a ticket who are going to heaven, it's been paid for by another, Jesus Christ. All those who go to a crisis eternity, they paid the whole trip themselves. Uh, you pay for your sin and rebellion and what will be the results of that. But the gift of God is eternal life, freely given to you. Accept it now. Don't put it off another day. Trust in Christ and know that he gives you eternal life. Amen. Craig, do, take a quick second and define life more abundantly. 
so people don't get the wrong impression. Life to its fullest, not just living, not just living longer. I, I could live to be 120 years and have a miserable life. I could be in prison camp the whole time, right, Brian? I could be it's, it's literally enslaved. But but it's quality of life, eternal life, aeoneo zoes in Greek, has the idea of a quality of life, maximum life, life to its fullest, we would say, life to the nth degree, but life fully, richly as it was intended for us to live. That's the life, yes. that fullness, that richness, that abundance, that overflowing of, of blessings. I'm not necessarily saying financial, but emotional, yes. spiritual, uh, uh, well-being, that is what God gives, Brian. I'll say, th I'll say it this way, Craig, the way uh, Brian has an excellent question about abundant life. I'll put it this way. Once you satisfy the death issue, which in Christ you do, then you can live this life. How can you I think about it? If, if for us to die is gain, but to live is for Christ. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really, you know, I, I look at that. Me goosebumps. That, I look at that passage when Paul, you know, when Paul says, "I'm torn between the two. Mm. It's literal. He's literally torn. It's it, it, it's uh. it's it's almost like two wrestlers, you know, just pushing against one another, not not wanting to, you know, um, give give in. And it's it's like, how many people can really say that? You're really really torn to die. To be well, with Christ, which is more better. You know, which I think is to, far better. Yeah, I, should say. I, I think, Brian, be honest with you, to the degree that I read this Bible and I read it daily, man, you, you don't you don't want to like leave your family. I mean, come on now, no one has that kind of death wish. You know, Craig, you have uh, youngsters. I have grandkids. Your your kids' age, Craig. You know, and, and the issue is, you don't want to leave your family. But if you want to think about it from your own personal standpoint, you cannot live this life. I mean, I've, I've lived on the other side. I wasn't born saved. Craig, you weren't born saved. Brian, I know you were not born saved. So the reality of the matter is that once we had come to Christ, it makes an individual difference. It's but a huge I, difference. I understand. I, I understand it. But I'm thinking, I'll use, I'll use Craig for an example. Okay. Why use him? Why don't you use yourself? No, 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 because no, cause, cause India and, and going throughout the world, sure. it's like I, I can say, all right, Craig, you know, you, you can die and be with Christ so you can continue to go throughout the world and throughout all these countries and share Christ with other people, you know, having having been torn between that those right. two. Right. And, of course, by the way, I, I know exactly what you're saying, but yeah. I do need to say this, Brian. There is a contemporary movement today saying that the ultimate, you know, taking control of your life is is committing suicide and is dying. And, of course, we're not talking no. about that. We're, talk, no, we're talking about as a believer in Christ right. when it's our day to go, we're ready and eager because we know we're going to be with him. Uh, but it doesn't mean we're committing suicide or it doesn't mean, you know, death itself is a good thing. It's not. If you don't know Christ, believe me, you do not want to die physically because you are going directly to judgment. Yep. Yeah. And, thanks for clarifying. Thanks, that. Brian. And if I could say that again, guys, on this note, if you don't mind, I will be going to India uh, the 1st of October. And I'll be training a number of individuals involved in what we call training of trainers, TOT, up in Delhi and other areas in northeastern India as well. But I have the privilege to go to one state, which is on the border with Myanmar, and we will be training pastors, Christian leaders from Myanmar. And uh, I'm asking, I'm letting you know, asking for your prayers, for God's blessing, for his favor. Uh, that it goes well. Look, we've had trips where we've done where guys couldn't get through because there were total uprisings. People were hacking people to death. And I don't mean one or two. I mean hundreds. You just don't hear this stuff over here in America. And so we've had all kinds of problems getting, we call them our delegates, our, our people, folks through. Uh, inevitably, people get sick. Uh, they 
miss their flights. They can't get there. The rivers flood literally, and there's no way to get there. And or there's these major uprisings, you know, hear about here in America and the West. So we, we appreciate your prayers for our travel, for our health, and for our, the same uh, and more for for our the folks we train. Look, we often we pay their way, we food, room and board, and then we teach them. And of course, we don't charge. I mean, let me say this. Obviously, we do not. Pay, uh, we do not charge people for this. This is done free. Uh, we're doing people who speak five, ten languages, who many of them have already risked their life. They've already been men attempted to be killed by Hindus or Muslims or even Buddhists. Uh, they all commit violence in, in one community or another in these parts of the world. Trust me, I don't have time to get into all that, but it, believe me, it goes on. Uh, every time I'm there, something big like that happens. You're like, man, alive. Damn. But uh, at any rate, folks, um, to put on this, the one thing I'm doing, we've got the expenses covered in, in the one area, but we're really hard-pressed in, in training the Myanmar, that is old Burma, if you're not sure what I'm talking about. Look it up, if you would. Um, and we need, to, we need to pay for people's expenses to get their traveling uh, and food and lodging, which is generally, uh, that can be taken care of by staying with people. But it's mainly food and travel, and it's renting a hall to train these guys. We need to rent a room, a facility to do that. What I'm asking is, if God's put this on your heart, if you want to stand with me, and maybe you can't literally physically go with me to India and Myanmar, but you can come with me in spirit, and you want to, uh, I'm just, if you can't give anything, well, praise God, then pray, if you would, please, covet your prayers. But if you can't give financially, um, you know that you're investing in people who didn't get the seminary training we'd want them to have, uh, the education we'd want them to have, and the Bible and comparative religions and other related and important issues. You can be a part, you're part of the team, if you will, yes. of bringing that to them. Uh, but we need your financial su support and partnership. Ranjit, my buddy, I could read you his email, uh, says, you know, I don't have the money. I mm. can't afford this. Again, he doesn't pay my flight there. He doesn't right. pay my place. No, no, no. I, that's all paid for by myself and those who sponsor me. Uh, but but we need to rent a facility. Uh, I really want to train these guys. Look, folks, Myanmar has not been open that long. It's hard to get in there. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a dicey place. Just go look at the news, look it up on the internet, newspapers, see what the deal is. You have a part of joining with me to go there to train Christian leaders who are bringing people to the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, the fruit is is, is phenomenal. I need to be careful in posting stuff, but I'm going to try to do some stuff without the cities and the areas we're in because people um, safety is brought into question. And we've had government authorities uh, after us. When, what are we doing there, training people and all this stuff? It's a dicey thing. I was going to leave it at that. You just have to trust me in this. Uh, but I want to show you as much as I can and the people so you can see what we're doing. And I just don't know how else to say this to you. I'm just going to end on this point. Uh, I've been on with, with these guys for pushing, we're coming up on 19, 18 years, yeah. going into 19, okay? Daryl's been on even longer and Brian, but I, I've been on this team for 18, 19 years and on radio almost 30 years. Um, those of you, some of you have known me for a long time. This is not hype. This is not exaggeration. This, in my opinion, is one of the best spiritual investments I've ever been offered. Look, I almost always get sick when I go over there. I get deli belly or otherwise. Mm -hmm. I get some virus. I come back sick as a dog. I don't enjoy that. Uh, there's some things in the traveling that are kind of um, not the most enjoyable. I'll just leave it at that for right <laughs> now. Um, 
But you know, I do it because it's the greatest spiritual privilege I've wow. probably ever been given of seeing these guys fired up. Mm. You know, um, let me just say this. One of our guys who went last time, he's Hispanic and, and they, they want him to come back because he can kind of blend in. Whereas I'm white, white <laughs> and I stand out like a sore thumb and I, they can't take me some places. I just can't go there. It's can't not, go there with you, brother. It doesn't work with, with the white guy. But, but if you, but, but you know, if you look Asian or you look, you know, something like that, then you can get in. So, the point is, these guys speak the languages. They've already risked their lives. They've already trained. They just need more training. They have the heart. They have the passion. Wow, what a spiritual opportunity. What an investment. If I was a financial guy, I'd say, look, this is the one you want in on. So anything you can do and just market towards the India, India TOT training and those funds, I can assure you, will be used for the expenses to do this, to bring these guys in, to pay for the lot, to pay for the um, facilities to, to meet, to teach them and whatnot. We need your help or we're asking for your help. And I would argue, Daryl, in light of what you would say, we're giving you the privilege and that's yes. what I believe it is. Yes, it is. Look, and I, I don't like saying this, but I'm going to, this is cut to the chase. I don't get paid to do this. Nobody pays me here in this life to do this. Uh, I put in my own money to go. I already invest in this. So if you're saying, why don't you do it? I do. Mm. I'm putting my money where my mouth is i'm the one going and because i've got the invite and know where the thing is to, to do and so i want to give you the opportunity to join in and this privilege uh, and that's what i see it as so you're not paying my salary you're not paying anything like that i don't get a salary for doing this i do it because of the gospel of the lord jesus christ and the privilege of equipping these brothers and sisters and these pastors these leaders and better equipped to deal with the hindu buddhist muslim uh, societies around them to better understand the bible and to be able to teach it god's word you know i gotta ask you when's the last time someone tried to kill you for your yes, faith yes. well that's the people we're talking about here many of them risk their lives for what they do and suffer great hardship and all I'm saying one last time, if you want in on this, and I sure hope you do, then when you send in a donation or however you do that, just mark India TOT training and those funds will be used. And that's why I'm going to, for just that. And then I want to really put, try to put some pictures up this time and whatnot right. so people can see what I'm talking about. Exactly. You know what? Listen, uh, Mama Rose was married to a guy named Dad Allen. And Dad Allen happened to have a son named Brian who sits in this uh, booth with us. And Dad Allen used to have an expression, Brian, we used to say it, that many raindrops makes a storm. We really need, and I, I really petition you, just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just coming to you straight out like a professor just did, give. Folks, this is a super opportunity, a privilege for you to invest in the kingdom of God. And, and you will reap, you will reap as you sow. God will not be mocked. So give generously. Give generously, folks. You know, you know, you know who you are out there. So if God is moving on your heart, I would ask that you do that. Here's the address. You can send a check or money order to P.O. Box 90477 Los Angeles, 90009. That's 90009. Or go online right now, and you can do it right now while we're on this broadcast. Bibleinfobrokers.com. Bibleinfobrokers.com. And please give to this opportunity for you a blessed privilege to participate in the kingdom of God and folks learning about the word of God in a place that you probably never, ever, ever get to see in your life. But God knows how this will benefit the kingdom. Let's get back to the phone calls, gentlemen. Yeah, let's roll these out. We've got a yeah, lot of people waiting patiently. We apologize. We're going to start rolling through the calls to get to our, to our listeners. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Joe, city of Pasadena, thanks for calling in, my brother. Yeah, hi, gentlemen. Uh, listen, my question pertains to Genesis 
614. In in the the Hebrew text, the Masoretic text, and then the Septuagint, uh, it shows in both texts that the language demands two separations occur in that verse, Genesis 1-4. But in our English translations, I have yet to find one that shows the two separations. We only have one separation. God separates the light from the darkness. Where in fact, the Hebrew and the Greek say that God made a separation in the midst of the light and a separation in the midst of the darkness. So I'm kind of wondering what your take is on that. Yeah, I'm with you, Joe. I understand what you're saying. And as good as our English Bibles are, sometimes they just don't carry across the original language. And I would say, not as an excuse, anybody who even translates, you know, French or German or other languages today knows that some things just don't quite come over the way you want them to. I don't think that's the whole answer, though. I think sometimes they just think that the concepts are too difficult for people to understand, and, and, and for whatever reason, they don't bring over the nuance of the text. And so, yeah, I, I, I would share your concern and your, your point there. And so... There's a, there, and there's, again, of course, the Septuagint would be the Greek translation of the Hebrew, and you mentioned the Masoretic text, 7800-AD-ish. Right. Uh, but, um, you know, we have, we have many examples of this in Hebrew and in Greek in the New Testament where our Bibles, I would argue, could be better translated. Even if it took a little few more words or whatever, we could do a better job. I mean, overall, in essential issues, it's very accurate, reliable, but there are things like this where it could be more precise. Now, now, what? How do you think it should actually read in the English? Well, just like you said, it's actually this idea of dividing the light and dividing the darkness, not just dividing the darkness from the light. Uh, can I use an analogy? Sure. In Hebrews chapter four, it talks about God's. Uh, it, it, I would argue an analogous ex- example. It talks about uh, this word of God, which is a sword of the spirit and dividing soul and spirit. But actually, the Greek text really is dividing the soul and dividing the spirit. It's not dividing the soul from the spirit. It's dividing the soul and the spirit. And then perhaps you could say additionally, the soul from the spirit. And I would say that's the same analogy mm-hmm. that doesn't come across in your Greek Bible, in your English Bible there, just as it doesn't here either. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's the first thing I thought of when you thought of this. I thought of a parallelism of, yeah, I, I'm with you. I get right, your concern. Because I'm, you know, I'm of the opinion that the first uh, chapter of Genesis has never, never been exegeted, but simply constantly eisegeted. Well, I, I think there's—I'm uh, not sure I would say never. I mean, that's your opinion. I understand that. I think right, Kylan—but right. you have to really play hardball. you got to get a commentary like Kylan Dalage or other really great Hebrew scholars who really spend the time to parse this stuff. Right. So in your average Bible, your average commentary, your average study Bible, they don't do it. But the, the big boys and girls play hardball like Kylan Dalage and others, I would argue, do the job. Common Dalage? Oh, Kyle. K-E-I-L and Dalage. They were two Jewish— Messianic oh, believers. Uh, oh, I pronounce them Kyle and Deals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Him too, okay. yes. I, I, you know, I was wondering, because I've got like uh, close to 100 different commentaries on Genesis. Mm-hmm. Well, that's and, a good start. That's a, as my friend would say, that's a good starter set. <laughs> Sorry. And, 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 and I, do, I do have Kyle and Deals. Yeah. I, I, I actually have Deals's, uh, Deals did uh, yes. uh, 
one on Genesis by himself, yep. apart from Kyle. So I've yep. got that one too. Yep, you're talking to a bibliophile, so yes. Yes, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. so, so you're another pack rat. You got all the books. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But talk, trust. I have a personal library of seven to ten thousand books at home. That's not even counting storage and other things. Yeah, go. Yeah, so my wife's pretty understanding, yeah, but I'm pushing. Yeah. I'm pushing yeah. it. That's what you <laughs> say. Who does the dusting? Uh, I have to, <laughs> but it's okay. I get to look at them. Do you use a brush or do you just blow? Oh, well, I, I'm very careful. Let's just leave it at that. Yes. Okay. Hey, Joe, thank you very much for your thank phone you call. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good night. Thank God bless you, man. I'm a bibliophile. I should be in therapy, but I'm not. Well, we talked about that earlier. You know, just take your medication. You'll be okay. Have a, a diet pepper, a Dr. Pepper. I, like I walked into that library one day, and then and Craig, <laughs> I, I was kind of blown away, and he goes, and he said, and the other books are in storage. <laughs> well, it's so funny because people come into the first room in our house and they'll go, well, that's not that many books. It's, it covers two walls. But I said, no, that's just a start. Yeah, <laughs> that's not know. the – anyways. Uh, anything else? Anybody, any other furniture we want to move around? <laughs> oh, no, no. We don't touch the books. But this is, this is the house at, before the corona. It was, it was oh. the one right that overlooked the park. Yeah, yeah. Well, not – yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah was, that, uh, was, uh, that was. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was a that was a big room with oh, a lot of books. There are more now. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have each other's phone number? Uh, can you guys send each other? They're a text? like rabbits; they multiply. Exactly. One triple eight, folks. We're gonna get back to the broadcast. One triple eight. La talks. One triple eight. Do you want to know how you know you're a bibliophile? How do you know you're a bibliophile? When you buy the when you buy a book you already have and you didn't know you already had it, you forgot. <laughs> get it from Amazon. Brian, Brian to give you a good price for those things. Hey, let's go to our good friend Dan in South Bay. Dan, thanks for calling in. Bro, hello, Dan. You there? I'm here. Very good. Very good. Hey, Dan. Uh, hello, guys. How you doing, brother? I got a text from Brian today. Uh, wanted me to participate because I wasn't here last week. I guess. I guess he thought I forgot, but I was listening. Well, he sent me one too. You know what, <laughs> Greg? And, and, and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this on air, Brian. I'm not gonna throw you under the bus. Congratulations, man. That's very personal text that we sent out as a mass text to folks. Which is just, just, just reminded that you know, ten o'clock's coming around the corner. Get the Bible questions, and this time I told him that he had time to. Tell a couple people. No, but the way you personalize it, I think that like Dan is saying, you have his name in there. Craig, I don't know if it has your name. Had my name in there. It's everyone's name. Well, yeah. we we don't know how to do all that stuff, Brian. So we're trying to give you some props. Just take it and say thank you. Let's move on. Uh, Dan, what's your question? That's right. Boy, this boy can't, he can't take a compliment, Craig. He's so holy. First of all, first of all, I want to talk about uh, the website for people that don't know. When you go there and you hit archives, it'll only show up to 2015. If you want to get 2016 and 2017, go to the search thing and put in 2016. And then when you open that, it'll give you the whole year. And if you go in and put in 2017, it'll give you all the archives for this past year. Those that don't know that may have tried to go there and listen to some shows from the past few weeks and can't do it unless you put okay. it in 2017 Dan, or the month. Dan, I just went on the site. And I hit uh -huh. I hit archives, and all the years yeah. came up. Mine don't, but I can search only do it on my phone right now. It's probably it's your search engine, it. yeah, because I'm I'm just hitting archive radio broadcasts, 2013, 14, 15, 16, and 17. Well, it's still there. good to know for those yeah. who yeah. have the same issue. Thanks, yeah. Dan. Well, because I've been going through that for months, and you keep saying it's updated, but I can only get there doing it that and Dan, way. Trust me, Dan, what Brian is saying is true. With the cell phones, doing it with the cell phones, a mobile device, and a PC, totally different because of the search engines. But let's go okay. and get into your question. I know that okay. stuff, Greg. My, hey, 60 my years old. Question, <laughs> my question might be a showstopper because um, uh -oh. I'm really excited 
uh, and I'm back. I was already getting back into eschatology and the, but now we've got this thing coming up, and it puts the it puts it out of chronological order in Revelations. September 23rd, we've got a sign, a possible sign coming up of the of the in the stars. Uh, Virgo will line up with Leo, and uh, it'll put the stars over her head. And I'm Who are these read, guys? Uh, Who are these guys? Leo and Virgo. Who are these guys? It's because it's my birthday. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Now we're not into astrology, but God did set the stars in the heaven, and He Starry gave them helps. for a witness. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, chapter twelve. Revelation says, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, so forth. Uh, It gets down to five and says, And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. Her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. So Virgo, uh, which represents the Virgin, is going to have, with part of Leo, stars, the nine stars from Leo, and then the other. there's going to be three other planets there to cause 12 stars o- over her head, and the uh, sun will be over her head and the moon at her feet. Now, there's many times it lines up like that, but it never has all these 12 stars and the sun and the moon. And we've had the four blood, red moon, the the four blood moons that happened, and they wrote a lot of books on that and tried to make a big deal out of it. Nothing happened. Dan, formulate this but in a question, Dan, because you you, I'm I'm getting lost a little bit here. Formulate this in a question so we can uh, bring bring it home. Well, there's I'm just laying down the stuff that that has to do with it. No, I got you, but you gotta, all right. First, you got an eclipse coming up. I think August 27, 33 days after that, on September hey. 23rd. This possible sign. Two days later, Rosh Hashanah uh, on the Jewish calendar, which is the Feast of the Trumpets, which we believe Christ may have been born during that time. And this may set up for the for the seven years tribulation period. Uh, Craig's going to take the, what I've been talking about here and, and straighten it out for people and make it more understandable. I don't know about that part, but um, yeah, I'm looking right in his eyes. It's right funny because I thought you were going to go into Shemitah. That's what I thought you were going to talk about because a lot of people are trying to make a lot of that, but they got the years messed up. That wouldn't be till twenty one, twenty two. Uh, this what's that? The seven years, seven year cycle of release, and then the seventh, seventh, forty ninth year, the, or fiftieth. Solar would be eclipse is going to happen. Year of Jubilee. In seven yeah, years on two thousand twenty four. Uh, yeah, so. and, and and Dan, so love your brother, and I really appreciate that. Um, so my answer is kind of be going to be kind of strong, but don't don't take that per- personally That's or whatever. Okay. This is all over the web. I'm just yeah. To you for I, I don't put any yeah. Of all the hype. I don't put any stock in any of this stuff. Uh, okay. Sice was the guy who came out with a book years ago called The Gospel and the Stars, a way long time ago, and he tried to align uh, Christian truths with with uh, the um, the signs of the zodiac. And the signs of the zodiac are all messed up. These actually, they're, they're, they're very artificially made. They're actually in different constellations. They're actually live long enough. They're going to change and all that. So even the so-called houses are all messed up. And there's what's called the procession of the houses. They're actually down two now. So if you're if you're born in one month and you're something, you're actually two down. So the whole system is messed up. And size, where people get this from, I think he just did bad science, bad biblical studies. And he tried to align it with that. I don't put any stock in that. 
And again, astrology is just totally discredited. It's all over. I said that in my. Yeah. I said that we don't go by astrology. Right, right. So, but the houses and are based. Represented God. Right. Represented Christ, and this, and you have the Southern Cross. Right. You have the Virgin, and, and these things represent things of God. Yeah. So things of astrology. Right, right, right. So I don't. Anyways, W. E. Bollinger will put a lot of stock on this. You guys wrote years ago, and Sice and. And I don't buy any of it. I, I researched it years and years and years ago, and I don't put any stock in it. Yeah, there's gonna be signs in, in the heavens and wonders, but it'll because of, it'll be because of the, of the literally the um, uh, the cat. cat, cat um, cataclysmic events are going to happen. I mean, imagine if an asteroid or a comet yes. hit, you know, Earth. Uh, that would, you know, then now that's a sign. That's a wonder, all right. That's a sign of something, you know, hitting our planet. Um, so I don't think, oh, it's it's the alleged houses being aligned or this or that or whatever. I don't put anything into that. All right, then what, what about what Revelations 12 says? I, I think it's the stars there is symbolic. Stars are used uh, for people. In this case, the Meta sons metaphor metaphor for the sons of Israel. Uh, even stars are even used of angels as well. So these are just those yeah. are metaphorical usages. They're not meant to be taken literal, and they're not to uh, put this person or this tribe with that this star or whatever. It just stars or even can't look at. Here we go. Um, think of when it refers to the messengers, whether it's angels or literally the leaders of the churches, it calls them candles. Well, uh, well, now is a person a candle? No. So these are metaphors. These are, these are literary devices that are used to communicate truths. I don't want to dismiss the truths, but they're As not. the dragon represents the, represents. Right. The devil's not literally not, a dragon. The dragon, a dragon. Right. Yeah. The idea of dragon is someone that consumes, you know, uh, a, right. a beast that, that, that eats, you know, things alive, if you will. And, and so, so it is. Yes. Yeah, so these terms, they have meaning and significance, but they're not meant to be taken literal. So that's why I'm going to argue September is going to come and go just like 1999 or any other you know, and uh, different people I realize, but there's been so many people through history predicting X, Y, and Z happening on some view, uh, a misunderstanding of the Bible. And this is going to come and go like all the others. And, uh, you know, so in October, when I get back from India, I'll come on the air and talk about this and say, well, well, we, see, once, once again. Before you go, September 23rd. They, okay. they can be a part of Armageddon Incorporated. <laughs> yeah, well, but, uh, I think... I think it's still coming, though. I mean, because we well, sure, we have, oh, it is. We just had a generation from the time Israel becomes a nation. It's about to be seventy years in mm -hmm. two thousand eighteen. Yeah, well, I, I I don't doubt the second coming of Christ. I I am a premillennialist. I do believe in millennial kingdom. I believe in the literal second coming of Christ. I just don't believe that no man knows knows no, the, the day time. or the season, That's the time. Right. We don't Jesus know the said. time, uh, the the day, and so. September 23rd, 22nd are going to come and go. So, but yeah, but I don't want to belittle the second coming of Christ. No, no. That indeed, I think sometimes when these people who do the date setting, they actually cause it to be mocked. They actually bring uh, disrepute upon the name of Christ and on eschatology, which I think is a legitimate study. Okay. Hey, gentlemen, we can get into it, but Dan, we thank you much yeah, for that thanks, phone Dan. call, brother. Thanks, Dan. Hope you're doing well. My some more about this. Yeah, yeah, hope so. you're doing well, my friend. All right, brother. Bye. Yeah, thanks, God Dan. Bye. Gentlemen, one triple eight is the number one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Our uh, email address you can get it by going to our website, bibleinfobrokers.com. Send us a question by way of email or Facebook. Brian, email question for the folks. Yeah, because we got about five of them now. Well, I'll just give the first one. Or okay. 
Um, this is from uh, Stephen. He says, I was recently asked to join a church, namely by becoming a member of Assemblies of God Springfield, uh, by signing some required covenant document. I wanted to get your biblical opinion on this matter. I shared with the pastor that I cannot make a covenant to an organization and that I am in a covenant with God through Jesus Christ. The pastor kind of seemed like what I shared was nonsensical and said, yes, yes, but this is required to become a member. And it was my impression that it was a loyalty type thing to demonstrate my loyalty to AG. My covenant is with Christ, not not an organization is my understanding. If you could please share your thoughts, if this is okay to require of someone as to fellowshipping among believers. Well, AG is a well-known denomination, and overall I think is very good. Uh, Pentecostal, I'm not Pentecostal, but I have great respect for them. Uh, But I have real trouble with this type of stuff. I've known people even, if not the church, the Bible study wants them to sign some type of agreement. And I don't want anybody binding my conscience other than God himself and the word of God. And a denomination, with all due respect, at best is one group of interpretation of the Bible and certain key doctrines. And and so I, um, I personally would have trouble with that. I personally could not, I would not do that personally, okay? Because I'm not letting anybody bind you my conscience, tell me what I can or can't do except from the word of God. And you might say, well, do you just do whatever? No, but if I'm convinced in the word of God, then I'm, I'm going to obey that. I remember my dad years ago, to be fair, I won't mention the denomination. My parents didn't always go to church, but they did on and off. I remember one church wanted him to sign something that he would never drink or smoke or dance or cuss or chew or hang around boys or girls that do. Well, that the latter part's embellishment, but the first part was literally <laughs> not smoke or drink or whatever. And my dad said, my dad was an alcoholic. My dad drank very moderately. In fact, he would have beers and they would last like three years in their refrigerator and he had to throw them away because they, they you know, would no longer be good. But he refused to sign that. And I, I, I agreed with him. It's like, you know, that's that's a personal matter. Now, they have their right to say, this is these are our rules and right. guidelines and we want you to sign them to be a member. I get that. But I also get people saying, then I refuse to become a member because I'm not going to do that. I, I'm not going to let some denomination bind my conscience and tell me I have to sign on to this or this or that. You know, again, if you're talking essential doctrines, the Trinity, the de- you might say, well, what about those? Well, no, no, that's different. The Trinity, the deity of Jesus Christ, salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, on account of Christ alone. Oh, yeah, I get that to be a member. Sure. Essential doctrines. Yeah, but but adiaphora, uh, adiaphora means really the things differing and different. And different from the Greek, um, which churches often want to. Like, let's say a church says you, you, you can't dance or you can't see movies or whatever. Look, I'm very careful even what movies I go to, but I, I admit it, I do see some movies. I'm very careful. But, you know, for a denomination to tell me that, it's like, you're not God. Now, if you can show me from Scripture where you think this is biblical and where I need to sign on, then I might do it. But I've never seen one yet. Mm-hmm. I've seen these covenants they want you to sign. Not just membership, but, well, in this case, you have to sign the covenant to become a member. See, that, that, when you mention the word covenant, that's where, I, I mean, I have no problem with a person committing. And how are you going to commit? That I have no problem signing a document myself saying I commit to this church, like a member of the church knowing these things. Mm-hmm. But as far as the thing that you mentioned well, yeah, as far as making some kind of, you know, I think that people, I think one of the biggest problems with churches are, Craig, is that easy membership, easy, uh, almost like easy believing. Well, a lot of them don't really even committed. have membership, and, and yeah. there's a debate. We can come yeah. back to that. But now let me just say this. I did sign a doctrinal statement for the fellowship I attend. Mm-hmm. 
But there was nothing that was debatable. And where it was, I was allowed to get, okay. I disagree here. Here's my view here. Exactly. But they were basically essential doctrines. Right, like, right, right. And, and our things, if not essential, very, very important, like the second coming of Christ. Right. But when you start talking about drinking and smoking yeah. and or do this or that, I, I have a problem. Essentials, unity, non-essentials, liberty, liberty, and all, all things shared. Sign that one. That's the one we signed. That's the one that should be general. one 888 talks one 888 Brian, another email since we always ask the people that send us email questions. Here's another one this is from us. Frank. Um, why, are, why are children's lives taken so early in life? And are there scriptures that can help you cope with the loss? Please help our family with some answers. Uh, CP, no, it's PCH. Okay, not CPH. I'm gonna start calling you stop. CPH. Will you stop throwing anybody under the bus, we're Brian? Pa- <laughs> uh, PCH. We're praying for your missionary ministry. Amen, Amen to that. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, are there any scriptures that cope with the loss of, of young, uh, you know, children's lives that are taken? Well, well, sure, and, and I don't want to make light of this. Uh, not me, but one of my sisters uh, had lost two of her three children. Uh, one drowned in a pool at three years I old. I remember that. And yeah. another one died of brain cancer at nine. Wow. And and so I want to be very careful. I don't mean to be flippant or, or um, insensitive. Uh, the death of any loved ones, but but a child especially, hits yeah. us really hard. And I remember it hit me hard emotionally. I was really impacted by that. And Craig, one of our friends, uh, he... He he he's um, he's he's against God because he can't understand why God took his younger his younger sister at like age fourteen. Yeah, and there's many people who yeah why why this, and, and there are some people sometimes people die young and by that I mean twenty twenty one twenty two twenty five thirty. A friend was talking today. Uh, their nephew lost his wife. She was thirty four and has they have three young children, and so I never want to make light of that. This is that that very significant. Um, but, and, but I'm going to argue and people say, well, you know, you haven't had it happen. Well, I haven't lost one of my own personal children. Yes. But Family I, would, you have. I would argue it, So it's difficult. So I'll, I'll, let me just say this again. We want to be very careful and very supportive and loving and respectful to people who've lost them. And I never want to be callous and just, you know, here's two Bible verses, call me in the morning. But I do believe, and there is an eternal perspective, that God is in control. So there's a great loss. But but God is in control. And, and I'm not saying, therefore, we can go out and kill our children. But where are they? Precious in the Lord's sight are the death of his saints. You know, uh, you know, not one sparrow falls to the ground apart from your father in his will, let alone, you know, anything else happening. So God knows this. We live in a cursed creation. We live in a world dominated by sin. Uh, I believe that when we see these things, we that ought to constantly reinforce our hatred of sin, not of people, but of sin, of sin, of when I... When I'm tempted to sin, sometimes I literally am reminded of, you know, Craig, it's your yes. sinning doing right now is what brought all this garbage into the world. Yeah. The reason there's so much murder and hatred and and tragedy and calamity. Personalizing. And, and, You're personalizing. Yeah, it, yeah which it's is because you, Craig, yeah. brought this into the world because you, like Adam said, go for it, baby. I'm going to sin with Eve. Um, you know, so I think it ought to remind us, especially the, the death of loved love ones, of young ones, it reminds us of the consequences of our actions and what we've set into motion and what is brought in. And, and, I, and I have to say, though, I am reminded of God's love. And I don't know everything. There's so much I don't see. But I, I do believe with all my being 
that God is good, God is gracious, that God entered our world to, to indeed to alleviate the problem of sin. I think Hebrews 2 is a beautiful chapter when it talks about how Christ became one of us, that he might suffer for us to, to, to deliver us from death and the fear of death and the one who holds the power of death, which is the devil. So, you know, death is, is certainly something to grapple with, but especially when you have a, a younger sibling, let alone a child. Yes. Uh, and of course, even the death of a spouse at a fairly young age, it's difficult. But but God's heart, God God is there. God is not some, the deist believes in a God who basically wound the world up like a giant clock or like a watchmaker and left it to run by naturalistic principles. That's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is intimately involved with what we go through. And there is horrific suffering that people go through. And uh, again, I never want to depreciate that. But I do believe God is present and God is there. I'm going to be talking with someone tomorrow about some of these issues. Where let, me is, say, okay. let, me, let me say this about this whole issue about mm-hmm. this, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, even though I've, I've lost two children by way of miscarriage and that it, it doesn't sting. I, I would say this. It doesn't sting like the, the people that I've known in my life that. Uh, have don't know Christ. That's the biggest thing for me. And I think that one of the things that uh, God gives spiritual gifts for, the gift of mercy, the gifts, the various gifts that he gives us supernaturally in the body of Christ is to care for those. Now, Craig, what you were mentioning of about uh, having a God presence about you, that's, I believe, that that happens simultaneously with God working through us, too. Like you said, you're going to talk to somebody tomorrow about these various things. We, the body of Christ, I believe, have failed tremendously in this, in this area and other areas as far as coming alongside each other. I read the I read the Old Testament. I read the New Testament. I see such dramatic scenes of various people really getting into each other's lives like this. We have this thing. We we've almost commercialized everything, man. I mean, the funerals and various things like that. People spending thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars, and then I mean, going through the death of my father and my mother, and how people uh, you know treat that in the family and outside the family. I'm saying the body of Christ need to step up and get alongside each other. And if you can do nothing else. Just be there. If you have nothing to say, God doesn't give you anything to say, say nothing, but just be there. Right. And I think by that fact, then Christ can even even more so show up through the, through the presence of his people. Hey, Craig, can you can you pray for Frank? I'm reading this email. It says, it says please help our family with some answers. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I'm assuming that it's something that's going on with his sure family. Is. Yeah. Sure it is. Yeah. And, they're, they're, and, and, and I, Frank and others. There are a number of good yes. books. And again, I'm not saying they have all the answers. None of us has all the answers. We won't know until we get to heaven. But there are books like, you know, Where is God When It Hurts? I think of uh, When God Doesn't Make Sense by James Dobson, which I think is a really good book on this. Uh, The Problem of Pain by C.S. Lewis. So The Problem of Pain by C.S. Lewis. And he suffered loss, certainly the loss of his wife and but again, uh, when God doesn't make sense, by James Dobson, we call this the personal yeah, problem of evil. And, and so, so God, yeah, God is Before involved. Before you pray, Craig, I'm going to mention yes. this book, and I read this book, and just like it's very. Uh, I was hoping you would. Yeah, it's only um, about eighty or so pages. Yes. It's called "When You Don't Know What to Say: How to Help Your Grieving Friends" by Harold Ivan Smith. Um, matter of fact, one more uh, time, Daryl. Uh, yes, when you don't know what to say, how to help your grieving friends 
by Harold Ivan Smith. It's a wonderful book. And matter of fact, one of our listeners, uh, mm-hmm. who actually is, I see him on the call, hopefully we can get to his call, but one of the listeners um, suggested I read this, and I did read it. And it's, uh, it has actually revolutionized my life in the, in the area of thinking about that and how not having to worry about having to answer yeah. for everybody. Just be there. Just be there. Uh, but what I do want to say is, and I want to pray, is it's okay to grieve. We don't grieve as others grieve, but we do right. grieve. There, there right. is a loss. You grieve the, you know, the time the, the, time, the intimacy, the, the the life, seeing your kids go through rites of passage and, and you know, the, significant. We're made for fellowship with God and with each other. And so, yeah, let, let's pray. Father, we pray for Frank and his family and for others listening right now who've who suffered the loss of a loved one, particularly someone who's died, what we would say would be premature, a, a spouse, a sibling, let alone children who who died before us, of course. And and we, we wrestle with these things, we grapple, Father. Help us, Father, help us through these these difficult times. Help us through the valley of shadow of death, and in this case, not our own death, which we all will face, but, but that of others, of loved ones, and particularly those, again, who die at, uh, prematurely, or at least certainly at, at a relatively young age. And we pray for uh, all those going through that and that you administer your grace and the peace that only you can give and the help yes. that only you can give. And as Daryl said, many times we just be quiet and just be there and try to help and, and uh, sympathize or empathize if we can. And so we pray for them, Father. We know that this is an issue that we all grapple with in one way, shape, or form, and some very, very substantially so. And so we pray for your heart of compassion and mercy to reach out to them and surround them and to envelop them in your arms of love and grace and favor and see them through these times and minister your grace and goodness and favor that only you can do. We ask us humbly, humbly, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Guys, look, we only have about uh, seven minutes left in the broadcast, and we have quite a few calls. So um, I'm going to apologize in advance to those that we won't be able to get to today. I'm just going to go in the order that we have them here and um, find the people that's been on the longest. So I apologize in advance if we do not get to your call. But Keith from Pasadena, you are next up. Keith, are you there? Yeah. How you doing, Keith? Yeah. We're oh. short on time today. We got about four or five more calls and we want to try to get to. You know, I've called several times, obviously. Why don't you go to somebody who's never called in? Keith, that's very gracious of you, brother. Well, it's... But you have an excellent question, well, we too. have time. Yeah, let's yes. let him... It's okay, actually. Okay. The question was reconciling Matthew six fourteen with the fact that when we come to God, we're forgiven for past and future sins. One more time, please. 14 is um, Jesus saying, God won't forgive you if you don't forgive others, basically. Right, but we've actually addressed this before, but it's a, it's a great question. But it's not so much literally, otherwise it's a catch-22. You won't forgive others, I won't forgive you. But without God forgiving you, you can't forgive others. So like, you're really in trouble. We would argue really more correctly understood is a sign that you are a believer is that you do forgive. It doesn't mean we don't struggle. It doesn't mean we don't wrestle with it. And if something, you know, someone's murdered a family member, it doesn't mean you don't really, really wrestle with sure. that and struggle with that your whole life. But the sign of a believer is that we do forgive, forgive. So I don't see this as a conditional that is before I forgive you, uh, you must forgive others. But the mark of the believer is that they do and they can forgive others. Why? Because as Colossians says, because we ourselves have been forgiven. But 
But believers aren't perfect, and sometimes we hold on to Right, and so therefore, think of it. So God's saying, be perfect, or I won't forgive you, but he's already told you it's because you're imperfect. That's why you need forgiveness. So it's, it's, it's not a condition of salvation. It's actually, it is evidence of salvation, and it is a mark of sanctification. Yes is what we would say. And that is the process of being made godlike. So we talk about theologically positional and practical holiness. Positionally, because of Christ's imputed righteousness, you are as righteous as you're ever going to be. You're as saved as you're ever going to be. God sees you as perfect as you're ever going to be. But practically, that is an actual sanctification, an actual holiness. It's a lifelong process, and we are growing in that. And one of the ways we grow is in our ability to forgive others. Okay. Case, so I would much. argue that's what's going on in Matthew 6. Our, our whole gospel is the gospel of reconciliation. If we just keep that in mind, then I think we have a better uh, way of uh, forgiving folks. Okay. Thank you, Keith, very much for your phone call, brother. Thank you. All right. Guys, just keeping in order, we're next up to, uh, let's take, um, well, let's take real quickly Wayne, because Wayne's question is similar to what Keith just dealt with. Wayne, real fast, your question is in regards to what we just kind of talked about. And please turn off that radio, uh, Wayne. So you want that feedback. Wayne, you're on the air. Okay, Wayne. Okay, last week you was talking about I was it was I was interrupted with a phone call so I couldn't hear uh, no problem. you responded to. If somebody continuously sends against you and you were saying you would have a problem with it somehow. Well what what I said if we were talking about forgiveness is that I, I, I don't get into the habit of forgiving anybody who does not repent. That's okay, that's, yeah. that's so me personally. Easy. I do not I do not get in the habit of forgiving anybody who does not repent. But at the same time, let me make the caveat: I also don't get in the habit of seeking vengeance of anybody because vengeance right. is not mine; it's the Lord's. Right. So when you put those All two right, things brother. together and blend them together, I think you have a perfect situation. It works okay, for me. thank you. That was just somebody continuously. I was just making sure I was right. All right. And I never had a chance to thank you, but thank you, brother, for that. Uh, Game, You're very welcome, my brother. Very yeah. welcome. All right. All right. Yeah, we, and exactly. We, we, we're dealing with Luke uh, 7, 17.3. And there are some who say we ought to forgive everybody even if they don't repent. And I don't hold that view. I hold the same right. view you do, sure. easy, uh, based on this. Yeah, again, we don't want to hold a grudge. Right. We don't want to let that grip us. We don't want to be in the bondage of a, of a grudge against another. Um, but... But forgiving somebody, I would argue, is contingent. It just as it is with God. God doesn't forgive you unless you repent. One exactly. needs to repent of their sins. Otherwise, everybody would be going to heaven, and they're not. And Why? They're not. Exactly. Because they don't ask for forgiveness. Amen. And so, but again, as you said, Daryl, but we don't want to be in bondage, enslaved to somebody else because they've wronged us or That's a loved right. one, That's right. and we don't forgive, and it, it hurts us. Exactly. Listen, we got a good, oh, we got a good friend, Dr. Brendan, on the phone. We got Mike, but we're not going to be able to take those calls right now, guys. We're coming to the, uh, the close of the broadcast right now. So I'm going to apologize to Mike and Dr. Brendan in advance that we will not be able to take your phone call. We got to close the show out, and I want to give the gentleman an opportunity to to give something that's on your heart right now as we close out. And I'm going to thank Andy in advance for doing all that she done. So Brian, will you please take take us out? Yeah, I, I just checked for for uh, a couple of the books. Uh, when God doesn't make sense, or when you don't know what to say, you can get it for a dollar ninety nine on Amazon. So for Very those good. that you know are dealing with issues like that. Uh, they're, they're good books. I, I read the James Dobson one, and you read this one. Yeah, so. I, and I do recommend that one, uh, the one about mm-hmm. Harold Ivan Smith to each and every person, just like the book from uh, uh, from McDowell. Yeah. Uh, Craig, please, we have about a minute and a half. Yeah, I wish I had time to read this, Brian. Dare you can see this. Here's mm-hmm. a 
email from my friend Ron G. Read as much as you can, please. Well, Ron G. It's just it's broken English, um, but he's saying you know he's just delighted that we're going to come to help him to train leaders in his area of one state of India where I have to get a special permit to go in there where mm -hmm. they sometimes follow me around. Literally, you think I'm kidding? Um, and, and then they want to quiz me where I'm going, where I'm staying, all this stuff. And then I have to sign stuff to get in and out. I, I've already got the visa to get in the country and I have to go through this. Um, but my point is my friend Ranjit, this is in addition to Pastor Mung, it's one of the gentlemen we've trained. And he himself was led to the Lord by Mung humanly. And now is, he's, God has used him to bring others to Christ. But, but quickly to the point, Ranjit is so thankful that I'm coming to India, his state, to help him train, mm -hmm. but he needs help financially. So folks, I mentioned it earlier. Again, I don't get paid to do this, humanly speaking. Uh, this is to help run a facility to teach these gentlemen, these leaders from Myanmar, from the state in India, which is hard to get into, and then from Myanmar, old Burma, to train Christian leaders, pastors, and others. And uh, the basic things that we take for granted, they don't have access to the education, the materials, the teaching you have here. And I'm just delighted to do that, but I need people to partner with me prayerfully and, if possible, financially. The money goes to help share the um, teaching with these brothers. And, and just go to BibleInfoBrokers.com yes. and just click on support and donate. There's a box there. Put it for, for, Pastor, uh, for, for Professor Hawkins. This is a trip.